In this week's episode, while there weren't a lot of words on the pages, there was a whole lot being said in these art-forward books. Very exciting week of bold indie books, and it's all happening now on Cover B. Everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. No jokes at the start of this episode. I just want to say that Cover B supports the Ukraine, and you should too get out there and find a charity that you can give to to help the people over there because, good lord. Yep, exactly what he said. So, we're just going to dive into comics. Yeah! We have an interesting week this week. Yeah! Uh, we have three <laughs> books that we're going to talk about, and two of them have no words. Zero words entirely. And they're also like about a little bit of words. They're also about <laughs> giant creatures. So it's like two books about giant creatures with no words, and then another book that has a good bit of words, but it's also mainly a visual experience. So yeah. we're gonna dive in. Yeah. Uh, first up from Image is Step by Bloody Step. This is written by Cy Spurrier with art by uh, Matthias Bergara. Uh, this sees a child being uh, uh, escorted or accompanied or carried by a large iron golem of some kind. Uh, it's this large creature that appears like a suit of armor uh, with like a blade on its arm and stuff. And it's just a book about a journey of them from point A to point B. Um, they encounter monsters along the way. The monster or the juggernaut seems to take care of the child it skins the child a uh like a clothing out of like this giant wolf at some point mm -hmm. he actually fashions it clothing uh fashions its hide into clothing um and carries them along with it as they go through eventually the two of them stop at a village and we see kind of how the giant interacts with normal civilians as the child wants certain things from them uh and there's a whole world being built there's some sort of you know reigning empire seems to play a factor but there's not a single bit of readable dialogue they the characters do some of the characters do speak in their own sort of dialogue but it's not something that we can read um so everything is just visual based off of the context clues of the action on the pages uh, there's no exposition or dialogue or anything along the way. What'd you think? First off, holla at my fellow Spurriers Couriers. Wee! So excited for another <laughs> size Spurrier book. And this one does not disappoint. It's so cool. Um, you know, it's got some like Iron Giant vibes. Mm. It's got some... It had a ton of Iron Giant vibes. It, it's got some like almost jungle book vibes yeah. you know yeah, yeah. where you've got like this this kind of small child yeah this small child kind of rolling not sure through where it came from kind of thing yeah. where it belongs or where it's going yeah and i think that's really really neat and i there's there's a bit of a twist in the middle that i won't spoil that i think gives this book so much depth the end page makes this book clearly going to be much bigger than it's already presented mm -hmm. to us um I think what's so cool is that so rarely do you get introduced to a world without words. We recently read a book that was a huge double uh, double issue book. I don't think we talked about it on, on here. I think it may have been an honorable mentions. Um, and I honestly, to be quite frank with you, can't remember the name of it. But... <laughs> it was also a law. right so forget all that <laughs> no it has a point 
It was also another book that had beautiful art told with effectively no dialogue, building a world. Mm. And I just think it's so rare that you get a world built without exposition. You guys know how much I hate exposition. Yeah. So being thrown into this whole world, this whole experience, this whole, you know, there's there's different plant life and the people are different and there's creatures and monsters and all of these things mm -hmm. and not one bit of written dialogue to explain any of it. That's fascinating. Yeah. It, you know... Telling a story visually without any sort of dialogue, without any sort of, like, narration, anything, um, creates a really interesting sense of immersion. Yes. Because it creates this sense of immersion where you can put into this space any sort of, your your own voice 100% of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's... Whereas with other exposition, other narration, other dialogue, you your sense of voice has to compete with their sense of voice. And that's why some people have harder times reading things than other people is because their sense of voice doesn't isn't compatible with the voice being presented. So it's hard for them to read. It's hard for them to feel immersed because it's like they're being talked to or they're just listening as opposed to being a part of it. When your sense of voice really like when what you accept is how a voice functions, how a voice works, how a voice, the, even the rhythm of the voice, when it's compatible with exposition and stuff and all the writing in a book, it's great. <laughs> but if it's not, it's hard for you to read. Yeah. In a purely visual medium, it's universal. Yeah. There is no voice, so your voice is the dominant voice. So your reaction to things, your interpretation of things, your acceptance and reflection on things is the only voice that exists in this space. And so it's a universal art form. It's, you know? a, it's a great way to really engage with the reader because the reader has to take an active part in the writing of the book alongside the writer and the artist. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really cool. You know, you can, if you look at writing from, like, a critical space, there's all kinds of, like, authorial intent discussion you can have. Like, you know, we were both critical lit people coming up in academia. Yep. And all that is is people being like, I think the author meant this. <laughs> and, like... And here's my pieces of information to back that up. And it's, you know, it's... There's limitations to it because there are things that the author literally says and there are things that the writer literally says and in you know less abstract less i guess deep literature you find less and less room for interpretation in the right. writing in a purely visual space there's a lot of open there's a lot of open opportunity for reflection and your own sort of perspective it's why you know the art world has this cliche of people standing in front of an art piece and being like, I think it talks about the modern world fast food market. And someone else would be like, oh, well, I think it's a reflection on romanticism in the 1800s. And exactly. really the guy who painted it just wanted to paint a dog, you know, with 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 less literal language utilized you have so much more room for interpretation mm -hmm. and so it just becomes this universal thing where it it is able to fit in to whatever people want to fit it into that's right you know and that's cool 
and do it more often. It's it's dope. It's really yeah. really fun. Uh, so I I love this book and Bergara's artwork is incredibly precise, incredibly intentional, and really drives the the lack of dialogue and the lack of you know the lack of in. Uh, exposition and narration and stuff like yeah you can feel where everything's going you can see and get a peek into what people's intentions and emotions are like they do a really good job of getting that across in a visual medium yeah and it's just it's so good it's very it's a cool good. book really really cool by the way the book that i was mentioning and referencing is refuse it was a um one shot by matt kent and marguerite sauvage gotcha Yes. And we did do, in fact, an honorable mentions of it. So if you want to know more about it, you can go check that out. Yeah. There was another book that we did. I think we did a TikTok video about it, but it's a graphic novel that takes place on Mars and it's named after a valley on Mars. And for the life of me, I can't remember what that valley's name is, but you can go check out our TikTok. It's on there. I did a video about it and how cool it is. And it's another one that is entirely visually driven. And it's true. Not a... Not based around dialogue and narration. Moving on. From Scout, we have a one-shot, which is exciting. We always talk about how much we love one-shots because they're self-contained stories. And this one was super-duper fun. Uh, this is written and arted by Marco Fontanelli. It is King Jira. King Jira one-shot from Scout Comics. Uh, it is a story about a Godzilla-type giant lizard, except this one is wearing a teeny little crown and a banana hammock, which is adorable. <laughs> and he's trashing the city because, dang it, he's hungry for pizza. And that's all. <laughs> really simple story, but what you get along with this simple story is just this wonderfully cartoony, wonderfully entertaining, wonderfully adorable at times artwork from Marco Fontanelli, which is amazing. Uh, it's bright in places. It uses color in really interesting ways, really bright, vibrant ways. It's just, it's a fun book. It's a fun cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon of a book. And it's a delight. <laughs> I feel like this book could easily be animated and could have been involved in like a kablam or mm -hmm. like, a short before a really short episode of cat dog or something. Yeah, yeah. This has such nineties Nickelodeon vibes because it's just a giant lizard that wants to eat pizza. There's not any depth to it. There's not any like overarching drama or horror or anything like that. We're not looking at the behavior of the world. We're just looking at a big monster that wants to eat some, but eat some za and mm. man in a world that is often unpleasant and sad, <laughs> Sitting mm -hmm. down, reading a book, smiling from cover to cover, a one-shot that's just fun and nice and makes you happy is just really nice sometimes. I feel like it highlighted this thing that has been bothering me. Maybe not bothering me. I don't want to say that it's bothering me. But has become more and more apparent as time goes on. Is that there's kind of this overarching belief for a lot of people outside of the comic industry that comics were made for kids. And with that mentality in mind, I feel like a lot of comic writers are constantly trying to prove that stereotype wrong. So they make art and they make comics that's either really dark or super about the human experience or very dramatic or very sad or very scary or very disturbing. There was a book out this week that was very disturbing. We're not talking about it because it's terrible. Mm -hmm. Very upsetting. Um, 
they just make things for like shock value and stuff because they're trying to prove that like comics aren't just for kids. But is it so wrong to have a comic that could be for kids? I mean, you know, sure, I love a good drama movie. I love a good Oscar yeah. award winner from time to time. But you know what? I also really enjoy watching a Disney flick. <laughs> the just because something is family friendly or appropriate for all ages doesn't make it bad. Yeah, not at all. And, you know, like I said, I joked about how simple the story was, but it's a one shot. That's all you need. You don't and need what you get out of this one is, like I said, this beautiful artwork that uh, Fontanelli puts into this with just fun colors and fun situations. And it's goofy. It's silly. But that's good. That that's can nice. be good. That can be fun. <laughs> you don't need a lot of weight and drama like T said. So it's it, this one's worth picking up. It's just a delight. It is. It's just a quick little delight. It's a chunky little book with like a good cardstock cover. It's got a very pretty like pinks and blues and stuff on the cover. It's just fun. It's just it's a cool just a book. Good book. <laughs> Finally, moving on, we have a book from Behemoth. Uh, this is Heavy Metal Drummer Number One. This was written by Kiefer Fendlow and Emiliano Pliskin, with art by Luca Vasallo, Emiliano. I hope you successfully escaped New York. Um, <laughs> please get a reference. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this book is, I don't know, kind of hard to describe. It's somewhere between uh, They Live and like an issue of Mad Magazine. It's, it's like if Heavy Metal, the show... Or like the movie was redone by the folks who did Super Jail. You know? Yeah. It's got it's it's metal, it's neon, <laughs> it's dark, it's edgy, it's grimy at times and kind of uncomfortable at times. And at the core of it, it's about an alien invasion and also a heavy metal band full of drug users that are having a hard go of it. There's drugs, sex, rock and roll, all the goods. And man, is it fun. <laughs> it's, it feels like a B movie from start to finish. Uh, it's cool to see Behemoth kind of dive into their uh, into their heavy metal roots. Behemoth as a company, I believe it's also a record label uh, that does a lot yeah. of heavy metal stuff. And in this book, there's a few ads for different uh, Behemoth labeled bands their releases and stuff so it's cool for them to kind of get to mix their two markets together in this one book and t what you think i thought this was awesome um it's like someone took epic spell wars battle wizards mm -hmm. and turned it into a book it does have yeah similar art to that yeah, yeah like it's which is a very, very fun game if you've never played it. Highly Look recommend. It up. Yeah. It's very silly and weird and goobery and fantastic. Um, but, like, there's gore, but it's, like, like Chris said, it's, like, super jail gore. And so, like, it's just sort of funny. <laughs> and kind of like, ha ha, that's silly. Look at that cat's head splaying open like a, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, like the creature from Stranger Things. And, like, it, it I don't know. It, it's just fun. And, like. It's not particularly light. It's not child friendly. Yeah. But it's also kind of lighthearted in its metalness. 
Mm. You know, like it obviously is not taking itself particularly seriously. It's not not to the extent of like a metalocalypse where sometimes you get to a point and you're like, this makes me feel bad about things. Yeah. Like some episodes of metalocalypse just end with you being like, okay. <laughs> Excuse me while I go be existential yeah, for a I while. Go <laughs> sit in a dark closet for a little while. <laughs> but it's it's just it's like bright and colorful and they're lizard people and it's you know kind of gross and kind of ooky but funny and fun and entertaining and kind of just makes you want a beer i don't know i I just sort of enjoyed myself (laughs) yeah i was i was gonna make the parallel to metalocalypse because for those who don't know because i don't think metalocalypse has been on tv for a while but Adult Swim show by Brendan Small that featured a metal band that was like the world's best metal band and they were like huge and every episode was basically them just sitting around being idiots while also (laughs) doing these like huge over the top shows and people died all the time and people there was like an evil organization that was trying to stop them that was made up of like prudes and moms and stuff but the crazy clown um, yeah there was a crazy clown uh dr roxo (laughs) the party clown um yeah (laughs) and uh so that was metalocalypse this what i like about this is that it feels heavy metal without kind of just falling into the same sort of themes that always kind of come in line with heavy metal right like Heavy metal in general is all kinds of things. Metal as a genre and metal as, you know, spinning out of metal, like the imagery and the fashion and all that is a lot of things. And it can have elements of punk. It can have elements of this and that. It can even have, there's folk metal bands. Um, So there's, it's a, it's a wide genre. And I feel like too often it either gets just painted as all black or death metal. Right. And, you know, while there are really popular black and death metals and they do, they're kind of the extreme that really, they're all the like blades and chains and skulls and fangs and bats and all that nonsense. It's like, there's a lot of other, you can have a neon comic book and have it still feel metal. Metal. Yeah. And so that's what I appreciate about this is that this is a metal band, you know, it's heavy metal drummer. Um, but they kind of lean a little bit more onto the punk side and the aggressive side and the kind of like high octane side of things. Um, as opposed to, you know, just like dark growling and, you know, darkness and black and everything's black and, ah, you know, which is fine and good stuff. And I like a wide variety of metal, but it's just nice to see, it's nice to see media coming out focused on metal and focused on people involved in metal and being like, it doesn't have to all be the same thing. Like, yeah. There's a wide variety. We need to celebrate the diversity that is metal because that's how you get more people interested in it. Uh, and that's what I, that's my takeaway from this is I like that it, you know, has parallels to Metalocalypse, but it's also very much its own thing. Yeah. Cause it's a lot brighter and a lot more vibrant. It's not all just like dark demons drugs out here you know metal ranges from kiss to baby metal i, yeah. I mean there there's a wide breadth of options <laughs> depending there's on your tons niche. Of stuff to choose from and it's, <laughs> it's a cool genre and produces some cool music so it's definitely worth dipping the toes in and i think if we have more media that's willing to come out and be like you know 
okay, yeah, the guys in this book are still all, like, kind of a-holes and doing drugs. But they're not, like, it's not all bats and vampire skulls and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's aliens. It's about aliens. You don't attach aliens and metal that often, you know, so. I like it. It's cool. It's a cool book. It's also a really interesting size. It's kind of squat. I don't like that. I don't know. Yeah. Behemoth is putting out some cool stuff. I personally think Behemoth is going to be the next company that really, like, takes off. But, like I said, this was a fun one because they are a label. I think they were a label first. And so it was nice of them to be able to, like, kind of mix those those medias that they have. I think what's nice about Behemoth is that they're just willing to take risks that some of the other companies aren't. Like, mm-hmm. Behemoth doesn't mind putting out, like, a really random book or a one-shot. or yeah. it's, why, it's why Scout, I think, does so well is because Scout isn't isn't afraid to put out a weird book or a one shot yeah. or something that's not your standard image style fair. Yeah. These, these smaller companies being willing to put out one shots is I think what really is going to help them shine. Absolutely. Um, Cause sometimes it's nice to just like get a good artist and or a good writer and do like a extra thick one shot, like a seven ninety nine one shot and that's it. Yeah. You know, and image does do one shots from time to time, but most of the time their one shots are like, Hey, remember this book from 15 years ago? Here's a new one, but only one. Yeah, you all know? their one-shots like, tend to feel uh, very from the vault, yeah, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, the big guys, Marvel and DC, do one-shots. But DC does one-shots, and it's like, hey, it's a holiday. Give us $10. And Marvel does one-shots, and it's like, hey, Deadpool reached some sort of like mildly significant legacy. Give us $10. Well, now, to give DC some credit, some of their one-shots are also, hey, we're doing this one-shot. Did you guys like it? We're going to do an 18-book uh, run on it now. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to be pumping this bitch out for three years. It's going to change the face of Batman, because everything we put out now is Batman. <laughs> they are very Batman. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Heavy metal drummer. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. It's good stuff. Do it up. So that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, if you want more episodes, you can find all our old episodes on our website yes. at coverbepodcast.com. Yes. And if you want to follow us on social media, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at coverbepodcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Get out there. Be kind to one another. Again, we support the re- Ukraine. You should, too. Uh, look into helping out because there's some crazy stuff happening over Hopefully it comes to a quick resolution and not too many people have to suffer because of bad decisions. Uh, And always, as always, (laughs) I'm like, don't get too political, but get political enough. Touch that line. Just just tap it and leave. Doing suicides on the political line. Anyway, As always, we love having you here. Yes. I have been Chris. This has been T. You know it. And you have been listening to to Cover Cover B. B. Bye, everybody.